So you know what trope I really don't like? Okay. I really don't like the kill the messenger trope. You know, the bad guy killing competent minions for no reason to prove how bad he is. Mm -hmm. Just, it rubs me the wrong way. There's occasional stories where it works, right? But I hate that it's a cliche. I don't think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I much prefer, you know, the Genghis Khan thing of recruit the people you find competent, <laughs> even if they are, you know, enemies or things like mm-hmm. that. And don't kill your messengers. That doesn't, what does that achieve? And so that es- story especially idea. Especially if yeah. the messenger has been effective thus yes. far. Yes, the messenger right? brought you the message, which means they are effective. Yeah, and like they're right? your trusted lieutenant. Yeah. They've been doing great the whole story, and then one thing goes wrong. Yeah. And you're like, I better prove to the audience I'm a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I give Vader a pass, right? He's wandering (laughs) into someone else's organization Mm -hmm. and proving to their bosses how dangerous he is. He doesn't care about that lieutenant. It's not his lieutenant. Yeah. His job is to make sure everybody else understands how terrifying he is. Still a bad idea, Mm -hmm. but... For Vader, that's one of the cases where it kind of works. Well, in in an Empire Strikes Back specifically, which is, I assume, what you're talking about, first of all, it is a running gag Mm -hmm. rather than a dumb thing at the end. Yep. And it is clearly, like you say, he's there to get stuff done, and part of that is cleaning house. Yeah. So he needs to go in and... My dad actually had this job. My dad, for a while, worked... Wait, the, the the Imperial Naval yes. guy or the no, guy no. who kills Imperial Naval guys? The guy who kills guys. Imperial Naval guys. Okay. He had this job. He worked for a company who... His job was to go into a place, become boss for like six weeks, fire everyone that needs to be fired, hire new people, and then they would put a new president. It was for little colleges, like, you know, tech schools. Yeah. His job was to go in, particularly after they acquired a new one, and do this and then make everybody hate him, (laughs) do all the firing that needed to happen, and then they could bring in a president that would not have that baggage, that people wouldn't hate, who didn't have to go clean house. So So. so he was a corporate bad cop. He was a corporate bad cop, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's an interesting story idea, isn't it? Corporate bad cop. Yeah. But my uh, my bad. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what Up in the Air was about with George Clooney. Did I you ever watch it. that? No. It's, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but yeah. George Clooney's job is the guy who fires everybody when one corporation acquires another one. Okay. So, so. he's the corporate merger hatchet yeah. man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. Sounds. Ooh, is that a film? Yeah. Who made that? Ivan Reitman's son. Oh, okay. Or unless it was Ivan Reitman, okay. who's the son. I can't remember. The Reitman that did, like, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. His son is a director now. Uh-huh. And it was, I think, Anna Kendrick's first movie as well. She oh, was really? the other lead in it. It was really hmm. good. I liked it. Okay, okay. Well, bad story idea. Okay. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this trope. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a story where the Dark Lord goes to kill... The messenger. Mm-hmm. And the messenger goes into self-defense mode and kills the Dark Lord. And what do you do then? Like, right? shockingly and surprisingly, yeah. oops. Well, it's, it's, I was just trying to defend myself from Darth Vader. Ma- Darth Vader, I've got a blaster. Darth yeah. Vader goes like this, and you just shoot him. And Darth Vader's not expecting that, because who, mm-hmm. you know, among the ranks, He's you, you can stop Darth Vader. Han when you're expecting him, but he just pulls it out and shoots him. Darth Vader collapses dead, and everyone's like, Oh, no. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. That guy's story. 
Okay, so first of all, this doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a bad story idea. This yeah. sounds like an awesome story. I could be failing in my bad story idea. The reason it's a bad story idea is okay. I think the I've killed the Dark Lord, I become the Dark Lord thing is very hard mm-hmm. to make fresh. I've yeah. seen that done so many times. And that's the main branching path a lot of people take this. It's not the only place you could take it. No, it's not. The, my but, first yeah. instinct is to go weak into Bernie's. Oh, Right? Now that's like, a better the idea. The emperor keeps calling yeah. over and he's like, Admiral Nita. Yeah. Where's Vader? He's not returning my phone calls. <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, he's right here. And they just hold up the helmet. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Because they got a guy in the back talking through an air conditioner. It's it's fantasy. You could zombify him, but he doesn't have his <laughs> memories mm-hmm. or personality. And so you could do Weekend of Bernie's with an actual zombie. Yeah. That would be hilarious, right? Like, you wouldn't even have to do it in an epic fantasy. You could do, like, some modern urban fantasy where the president, (laughs) you know, has died, and you got to zombify him and keep everyone finding out that the president's dead. Uh, Whoops, we accidentally killed the president. What do we do? Well, fortunately, you know, Harriet over there, she's a necromancer, so we'll uh, we'll just keep him going. The, the goth Wiccan on yeah. the cabinet is like, my time has come. <laughs> Finally. Oh, man. This is great. So that's like the inciting incident, right? Yes. We get a couple of scenes at the beginning of clearly evil people yeah. doing something awful, and then the overlord goes full kill the messenger. You know, you could even do it. I have read the prologue where the messenger gets killed mm-hmm. a decent amount of time, right? Yeah. Like the fantasy prologue that's the one-off. You could really mislead an audience by starting a media res, having this person go, having you know all the tropes and the understanding that because it's a prologue, obviously this person's dead. It's a prologue. Mm-hmm. And then, whoops, it's actually chapter one, and we just killed the Dark Lord accidentally. Now what? Yeah. See, I would also want to do this where we see both sides, uh-huh. right? Where you think it's the story of the heroes yes. that are trying to defeat this evil army. Mm-hmm. And every now and then we get a scene from the bad guys and then this happens. And okay. then, you know, the next scene, you know, Luke shows up to duel with Vader and it's, you know, Fred from accounting. They put in the suit <laughs> and put some like motors in there to move his arms so he can fight better. Or well, I mean, something. He's being controlled by an entire team just off screen trying mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah. Maybe this is why the lightsaber duel in A New Hope is so bad. Yeah. He's being remote controlled. That's all <laughs> they can get working in the suit at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, last time we met, I was doing triple backflips. This time. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> That's the surprise headcanon for yeah. the entire original trilogy yeah. is that the original Darth Vader is dead long ago yeah and this is just one of those like chump guys from the scene where he chokes somebody yeah 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 mm-hmm. have you seen that robot chicken Mm-mm. there's a robot chicken star wars where they bring a new recruit on and they're like all right one last thing and you're onboarding lord vader thinks he can choke people with his mind <laughs> if he does it pretend to die otherwise he'll actually find a way to kill us uh, Benny over there's died 14 times. We'll slap his mustache on you. He'll never know. He doesn't pay any attention to us. So, that's a great. Yeah, 
Yeah, those are those are pretty good. So there you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. This, we need a name for it because the ones we we name we remember because the Great British Fake Off is still this it's still there. Yeah, still yeah. there. This is this is an actual. This has turned into a a decent story idea. So we need a title for this well, one. Do we just call it Weekend Evaders? <laughs> Weekend at Vader's. All right. All right. We got it. We got it. Weekend at Vader's. And obviously, were we to write this, it would not just be Star Wars. Yeah, it would have to be. I I love the idea of all of the Bespin stuff Mm -hmm. is, you know... They just got the tallest guy they could find to put on the Vader suit and pretend. And they forgot that Vader had made a deal. They're like, we don't know what the deal is. Tell him we've changed the that deal. That wasn't the deal. Um, <coughs> I've altered it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. Good, good. Yeah, that, that was great. Yeah. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now I want to do this one. Mm, okay. Yeah. Put that in the pile of, of awesome story ideas. Awesome story ideas. Awesome is different from good, which is different from bad. Yes. You and I tend to come up with a lot of awesome. Good is a little harder to come by yeah. with the two of us together, but mm-hmm. yeah. Some of the awesome is actually good. Yeah. I don't know if Weekend at Vader's is actually good, and I don't have to let it stew for a little while. It, it definitely oh. needs more. Yes. All we have is a setup, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have a story yet. Yep. But I think it could happen. Mm-hmm. Down the line. That would be a good webcomic. You could do do something cool with that. It's just a comic strip. You know, kind of Mm -hmm. some one-off jokes here and there, a little bit of continuity. There we go. Perfect. What are we going to talk about actually today? Now that we've wasted a quarter of our time talking (laughs) Talking about wasted? Wasted. Not at all. Amused by the idea of zombie Darth Vader trying to fight. Yeah. Guy with a microphone. Um, what do I say? I don't know. He's, I don't know. He, he, tell him you're his father. <laughs> I am your father. What? That doesn't. Yes, it does make sense. <laughs> the corpse just keeps breathing so loud. What do we do? Uh, I don't know. Put some reverb on your voice. It'll sound cool. <laughs> add some. Add some uh, authenticity. I don't know. The breathing effect is yeah. just the zombie coming through. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is my new favorite way to watch Star Wars. In fact, this is how I'm going to introduce, like, my grandchildren to Star Wars. <laughs> Once I have some, be like, I want to show you this great show. Mm-hmm. See the guy in black? He's been dead for 20 years. Mm. Well, okay. So we need a real topic. He changes sides at the end because someone else steals the controller. Like, you're doing it wrong! <laughs> He's supposed to be doing this. And you've got Vader. You're grabbing the Emperor. What are you doing? (laughs) This is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to kill the other guy. He's like, I always crash into walls when I play video games. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, This one's not going to leave me alone. Mm. But we are going to talk about writing today, which is We're going to talk about writing as a career. Yes. Like the job side of it. The job side. Mm-hmm. Like people ask me all the time. I had it just a couple weeks ago in class. Someone came up and asked, so how do you write while you have a day job? I've got a demanding day job. I don't know how to write. And I have to look them in the eyes and tell them, I got no idea, bud. I have no idea. I never did it. Mm-hmm. I cheated. <laughs> right? Those who don't know, I worked a graveyard shift mm-hmm. for minimum wage all through my 20s and just wrote books while I was there, which would have been a disastrous, terrible idea 
if I hadn't actually sold something, which is why not to look at that and be like, wow, that's a great idea. The fact that I sold means that, you know, it's all kind of justified. Yeah. But I did spend my 20s working for six fifty an hour or whatever it was yeah. for like five years. Yeah. Night manager, uh-huh. night accountant. Night wasn't clerk. even accountant. It was night clerk. Night clerk. Yeah, he didn't even have the title yeah. manager on it. I was the guy that Best Western required you to have someone on staff overnight, you know, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Yeah. Mostly so if people needed towels or check in late. So people know that a Best Western is going to be open. It's not one of these that closes on you if you arrive at 1 a.m. Someone had to be there. Yeah. I told them I'm just going to write books. And they're like, okay, good. You yeah. just need somebody awake and alert. So Well, and lest somebody get the wrong idea. Uh-huh. During that time, you wrote 13 books. Yeah, not all of those were there, but the majority of them. Yeah. Several of those books were before, and I finished The Way of Kings after, Mm -hmm. I believe. Maybe not. Maybe I finished it while I was there. Yeah. So So. between 10 and 13. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if, you know, somebody out there is considering, well, is it worth just getting this weird minimum wage job? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to be an author? Yes, it is, if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to take the risk. Yeah, and if sleep schedule works for you. Isaac tried this. Mm -hmm. Isaac, speaking of zombies, turns into a zombie (laughs) after about 10 p.m. Night shift was not a good match for him. He tried it at the same hotel chain that I did. Same mini group of Best Westerns, just a different location. Yeah. 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 That's also something I don't know if you could have done with kids. Yeah, definitely. Would have been a bad idea with a wife and kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can make it work. I'm sure people do it and make it work just fine, but... But in your case where it was, you know, you weren't putting in the hours because you eventually wanted to be a manager at the hotel. It was all just, I'm going to roll the dice and see if I can sell a book. And that's a risk that you confront when you're the only one. Yeah. It's going to hurt. I mean, it's terrible for your social life. You go to work at 10 p.m., you mm-hmm. can do things with friends ending at like 9.30 by the time you need to go to work, but it mm-hmm. is a huge hassle. Yeah. So at the same time you were doing that, mm-hmm. I was, you know, getting married, had a couple of kids mm-hmm. and had to work a real job, which is not the only reason that I published three years later than you, but mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons that yeah. I was able to write five books during that period instead of. 13. Yeah. So, yep. And so, why don't you talk to us about like having a real job, like a job that didn't let you sit and write books for Mm -hmm. six of the eight hours that you were on shift? Yeah. Well, and in my case, it was even the other direction because Mm -hmm. I was a corporate writer. Yeah. At a series of local companies where I was doing internal stuff, I was writing training manuals. I had a couple of jobs where I was writing box copy for Mm -hmm. treadmills and things like that. So I was writing all day and using that part of my brain. And then I would come home and I'm not as nocturnal as you, but I am fairly nocturnal. I would usually go to bed about two in the morning. Mm. And so that was a good time for me to write. So it was go to work all day and then, you know, come home, be a dad for a bit, put the kids to bed. And then 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., write books. But how'd you get any sleep? How did you function? I slept from 2 until I had to wake up at like 7 in the morning and go back to work, which is not awesome. No. But 
I can't do that anymore. Uh-huh. I am old. I need more sleep. When I was 25, five hours of sleep was plenty. Was it? Yeah. I've never existed where five hours of sleep consistently was plenty. Really? Five hours of sleep's one, one night. Yeah, I'll be fine. But five hours of sleep, five nights in a row, I'm not going to function as a writer or mm-hmm. at anything else. I'll be up, but I won't be good at what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily saying I was good at what I, at my job, but yeah, I used to not need a lot of sleep, and so mm. that was well, helpful. That's, uh, that's a bit of a blessing. That's also, you cheated too then. Yes. I always tell people, go talk to Dan. Dan will tell you how to actually do it, and Dan will be like, oh yeah, just sleep yeah. five hours. I was blessed with insomnia. The other thing that I say, and this is another huge cheat, people will say, you know, how do you possibly, you know, during those seven years that I was working a real Mm -hmm. job and I wrote five books, how did I find the time for that? Well, I had a wife. And I am very lucky to have been married to someone who supported my career and was willing to, you know, like you were, roll the dice and say, we're going to hope this pays off. I am going to help him by, you know, taking on more of the chores than I typically would. I do try to be as active a participant in my household as possible. Yes. You know, I'm going to wash dishes. I'm going to change diapers. I'm going to do as much of that as I can. But for most of our marriage, Dawn's been the one like mowing the lawn and stuff to give me time to write. Did she know what she was getting into when she said pursue Uh, this? She did. Okay. Actually, the very first conversation we had when we met, Mm -hmm. which, you know, because of where we live and the culture we're in was six weeks before I proposed to her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, six weeks, you say? Yeah. From meeting until proposing? Mm Mm-hmm. You got that beat? Well, no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no. We were were slow, (laughs) but I'm I'm like six weeks. Six weeks. I thought that you knew Dawn. Technically, I met her. We were in Mm -hmm. the same dorm I've uh, forgotten this multiple times. Two years earlier. I've even had you tell this on the podcast. Yeah. So freshman Mm -hmm. year... I think we had two conversations. I didn't mm-hmm. really know anything about her and mm-hmm. vice versa. And then, you know, went and served a mission, came back two years later, and yes. that's when we met. That was basically right before Thanksgiving. And then first week of January, we were engaged, and then May, we were married. And see, I have never known you when you weren't married. You were always one of my married friends. You and Scar <laughs> were the two guys I knew who yeah. were married. We did meet... We slightly met before slightly that. Slightly before, okay. Yeah. What year did you get married then? 99. Okay. So Yeah, and we met 98, yep. but we didn't really know each other till 99, because I yep. think that's when the class was. When the class was. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, that very first yep. conversation, she's, you know, we're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. What do you do? It's college, so it's where are you from and what's your major? And I said, well, I'm English. And she said, well, what are you going to do with that? Because she was also an English major. She wanted to be a teacher. Yes. I wanted to be an author. And she's like, oh, okay. What are you going to do until that pays off? And I'm like, I'm going to get a job somewhere working on a magazine, which is what I thought at the time. Mm. And so, yeah, she was on board. And then once she read some of my writing, she's like, oh, okay, this is actually feasible. He's pretty good. So you should tell us more about corporate writing, though. Like, <laughs> why that's the opposite... <laughs> A lot of people are like, yeah. oh, I'll get a job being a writer, mm-hmm. and then I can use those skills, and I can write in my free time, and it'll snowball together. It's, it's hard yeah, because that part of your brain that creates stuff and then types them gets tired because you're using it all day, and then you come home, and your brain wants to do something else. 
Yep. It's the same reason why today I find it very easy to write one project and edit another project at the same time because mm -hmm. they're different skills and they're they're different parts of the brain. Whereas, you know, writing all day, even though it wasn't fiction and it wasn't creative, mm -hmm. it was still the composing prose. Yeah. And that made it very difficult. So what else can I tell you about corporate writing jobs? I mean, I often say, <laughs> get a job that actually uses your hands and not your brain if you want. But those tend to, mm -hmm. not always, but they do tend to pay worse. Yeah. But that's another way that I cheated, right? Like my work mm -hmm. was not demanding upon my mental faculties basically at all. And so- yeah. Or physical, like um, yeah. you weren't driving a truck. I wasn't driving a truck. Uh, you might have been able to dictate books to yourself yeah. while driving or, or doing something like that. But the one upside to this corporate mm -hmm. writing job is that, you know, I got to practice typing. I'm a much mm -hmm. better typer now. I can sit down and crank out words pretty quickly. I was surprised to learn that your daily word goal is 2300. Yes. Because I shoot for slightly higher than that. You're a faster writer than me overall, but I think the days that I am able to dedicate yeah. to, I'm going to sit down and write, it mm -hmm. is not rare to get three or four thousand. Yeah. Not um, that I get many of those, but. <laughs> yep. 23 is about what I go for. And that That'll vary, but that's what I need to do in order to hit Stormlight 5 on time this mm -hmm. year. So, yeah. Well, and it's a very good goal. Yeah. I find 2,500 is incredibly natural for me mm -hmm. and achievable in an afternoon. And if I have a really good outline I'm working from, then I can mm -hmm. do three or four. But 2,500 is a very good sweet spot. So that makes sense. One of the things that happened with me is once I started writing full-time, my productivity did go up, but not as much as I expected because being self-employed mm -hmm. and doing publicity and needing to do all the things that go along with being a professional writer gobbled up much more time than I had been imagining as an amateur writer who didn't have to worry about deadlines or never had to stop a project in the middle because another project had come that you needed to do revisions on, never had to mm -hmm. talk to editors or do contracts and stuff. And so... It was a little disappointing to me because I thought, you know, once I become full time, oh, um, yeah. yeah, my my productivity will skyrocket. It's just and it sitting did go in up, a cafe but, yeah. in Paris with a beret on, writing for hours every day. That's right, right, that's right. That's what authors do. That's what authors do. I would be sitting on the beach, <laughs> in your custom built in my, air conditioned cabana. My custom built doesn't need to be air conditioned. I just need a fan. Okay, we're calling it MB three. The MB3. Yes, the Mobile Brandon Beach Base. <laughs> I haven't built this yet, but I had this idea for it. I'm like, oh, what if I had a little cabana mm -hmm. that I could get constructed so I could go anywhere and any beach and be like, oh, here it goes. Put up the cabana. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember what I was talking about before. We you were talking about what, tech writing or corporate writing, because you weren't tech writing. You were creative writing for corporate. Yeah. And we were talking about that. Yeah, but then you said something and I was going to add on to that. I don't mm. know what it was. My brain's gone. By the way, since you're all wondering why I'm wearing a hat today and why I'm slightly darker than usual, it's because I had a migraine this afternoon. And it's mostly gone away, but it's not all the way gone away. So Taylor, our awesome video guy, has toned these lights down. The reason I'm drinking caffeine the entire time we do these is because the lights will hurt my eyes. So that's why, like, 
That's why it's different today and why I can't remember things. This is why you're in Captain America disguise. <laughs> yes. And that's the disguise he wears. Superman puts on glasses. Captain America, ball cap. He puts on a ball cap and yeah. no one can tell. Yep, no one can tell. Yeah. It's him. He's got a ball cap on. Well, and this in particular with my brown jacket and this hat with a moose on it, mm. I look like a local Utah hunter or something. Yes. Have you ever gone hunting? I never have. Neither have I. No. Uh, I go camping a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in Utah, we go in the mountains all the time. Love camping. I was a scoutmaster for years. I love the outdoors, love hiking, backpacking. But I'm not a hunter. I'm not really a gun guy. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to be a gun guy to a certain degree. Or I mean, a bow guy. You should be, right? Yeah. You don't want to be wounding animals mm-hmm. and uh, things like that, you know. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to hunting. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some, when it's done properly and under regulation, there's some very good, you know, ecological benefits to it. But no, it's not for me. I wouldn't enjoy the process of. I do not think I would either. Deer. I'm the person that we joke when you say camping. I say so the room service isn't 24 hours; it ends mm-hmm. at 10, right? Like that's that's camping that's for me. Camping in three stars, camping, <laughs> right? Four stars, cocked eyebrow. Five stars, it's, it's where I belong. That's my. That's when you are among yeah, your people. That's among my people. Okay. I don't look like I belong with them. When I went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. our flight got canceled. Which is miserable, right? It's one. Wow. Okay. Did you know this? No. We arrived. Not hear this. So there were some storms earlier that day. So our crew wasn't there. That's my guess. I fly a lot, so I could kind of put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. No crew. Eventually, a crew comes four hours late. So this is we were supposed to leave at twelve. This is four p.m. They get on. They board the plane. We pull out, and then the captain says, "Uh, "We got a light on that I don't like. Uh, We're gonna have some uh, people." You know, come and check out the the plane. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm sure you've been there. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually said, we can't get it off. We're going to have to deplane. We'll work on it. And I said to Emily at that moment, like, we're not flying today. I've never been deplaned for one of those mechanical issues that we've actually taken off. I know it yeah. does happen, but it's never happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so we had this question. Do we go home? It's only a 45-minute drive. Our flight is rescheduled to the following morning. Do we go home? And then go back, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't tried any of the hotels in Salt Lake because <laughs> I live 45 minutes away. Uh-huh. Let's go to a hotel. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, you go find one. She realized a moment later that me going and finding one was going to rank them by the uh, <laughs> how, nice they, how nice they were. I was going to go to the websites. And so we ended up the Grand American. Of course. That which, was going to be my guess. Yep. And we walk in, and I'm like, ah. Oh, But Emma's like, I feel so out of place here. We're in like jeans and t-shirt and stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. There's this like bell curve for how nicely dressed you have to be compared to how how materially important you are. Not Mm -hmm. real importance, but, you know, fake importance, right? And on one end, yeah, you dress down. And in the middle, you dress up. And then you get to where we are. And then you dress down again. And so (laughs) we totally belong. That That was my argument. Okay. Okay, so I remember the thing I was going to mm-hmm. say, because you were talking about how once you get published, suddenly it's very hard. Yeah. There's all these other constraints on your time. That's actually the first piece of advice you gave me when I got published, which again was two or three years after you, was, hey, right now, when you've got the contract, but nothing's published yet, they haven't started doing the edits, write as much as you can, because your time's going to disappear. And I did have most of the second book and it was starting on the third book by the time 
that all of that stuff, all hit. of that hit. And then uh, I was suddenly a small business owner instead mm -hmm. of an artist. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. It's liberating, but frustrating. Mm -hmm. How does it feel? Because you're now employed again. I am. Um, I don't make you get up early. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know if I've, if I've said this on the show before, yeah. but coming back after 15 years of yeah. self-employed author, mm -hmm. coming back to a real job, I get a check every two weeks. Like, is this a real job? Is it? I mean, it's not. You're, a, you're making up it's stories. It's not a real job, but it. I get paid as if it were a real job. You get paid as if it were a real job, and but then I'm you like, sit here oh, and come this up. This is yeah. why people have jobs. <laughs> I had forgotten. It's so nice to get a check every two weeks instead of twice a year, right? Mm -hmm. When the royalties come in. Yeah. So that was really hard at the beginning. The royalties coming twice a year. And being like, can we make this last? Mm -hmm. We've never had to do this before. Is this enough? Yeah. And, and it then, is presumably a big chunk because yeah. it is half your money for the year. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of both more and less stable than a real job. Yeah. More so because you know, okay, it's October. I just uh -huh. got the royalty check. I know exactly how much money I'll have between now and the next one in April or whenever this, uh -huh. the other check comes. And you know, for those six months, you're not getting fired, quote unquote, right? Exactly. Your job can be unstable in entertainment, but my friends in entertainment, their jobs have been more stable than my friends in IT, mm -hmm. less stable than my friends doing things like teaching and stuff like that. But I always imagined that writing would be the most unstable job. And it's actually just kind of middle of the pack. It's very middle. You know, on the one hand, you know, you're not going to get downsized. You know, yeah. your current U.S. job expectancy is two to three years. Mm -hmm. They expect everyone to turn over within that time, which is a bit of a treadmill. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's nothing like the treadmill of the freelance writer who is constantly hustling for work, which is where I've been for 15 yeah. years. I have written for video games. I've written for role-playing games. I've written tie-in fiction. I've written for TV. I've written movies. I've written... Anyone who will pay me for words, I have written words for them. And to not have to hustle like that anymore is so nice. Like, have you heard of jobs? They're great. <laughs> I haven't ever had one, not a real one, in my entire life. My first job, I, we talked jobs. Yeah, we talked talk jobs. jobs. I and mean, you can so, go back and listen to that episode. Mm -hmm. I've never had a real job. Never had a real job. Yeah. The closest was the hotel, but I wrote books all night. And so. Yeah. I kind of mentioned this to you earlier before we started recording. When you were in Hawaii, yeah, you were gone for two weeks. I was. You showed me the graph of yep. your word count. You were so much more productive while you were gone I because was. we weren't constantly. It's asking not just you, you guys. Stuff. It's definitely not just you guys. It is. It's a combination of things. One is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, Brandon's on vacation. So people won't ask him for stuff. That's yeah. definitely part of it. Another part is my kids are entertained mm -hmm. doing things and enjoying themselves. And my wife feels less stress making them get off screens because they've been swimming all day or something like yeah. this. So in the evening. So if I am really in the middle of a good scene, I could just go for another hour, right? Mm -hmm. And then check in on everybody. And if everybody's happy, I can just go back, right? If I want to. Like, they're all doing stuff. Yeah. If I come back and, you know, we want to do something as their family, I'll say on this specific trip, I alternated days, writing and spending time with family. So I mm -hmm. cut out those days okay. that I wasn't on mm -hmm. that graph. So that's part of it. Part of it is I love the beach. I love seeing the water. 
I love just the motion of waves and the sound of waves. And it's naturally inspiring to me. If I can be sitting out there in that new location and someone's occasionally bringing me fruity drinks and I can, you know, watch the water and the waves, I will be more productive. Mm -hmm. But my best day while I was gone was 8,000 words. Which is fantastic. Which is, yeah. I think I've only crossed seven once Mm -hmm. in my entire career. Hitting eight is fantastic. But you said you were productive. Yes. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. is that while you were gone, Mm -hmm. I know I and I feel like maybe a lot of the company Mm -hmm. was also more productive. And it's because for two weeks, there was nothing new. Yeah. This company is in a bit of a identity crisis because what you have built is an engine that is really, really good at making cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to resist the temptation to just shovel coal into that engine. And make all the cool and stuff. And make as much cool yeah. stuff as possible. While you were gone, we didn't have the opportunity to pile extra projects on ourselves because there was no approval process. And so we had to just sit there and work on the stuff we already had. And it was actually really nice. <laughs> and so what I am taking that as is a sign that I need to I need to slow down. I need to stop coming up with ideas and yeah. just work on what you got. Focus on work mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh, this is so neat. But for example, you've got an art department. Yes. And I haven't shown you the art yet. No. But last week I went to them and I said, hey. The new series that we're working mm-hmm. on for the world building, I want something more interesting than a horse yeah. for them to ride on. I want I want a mount that's not a horse, but I don't want it to be a bird either because there's already chocobos. Mm-hmm. So give me a chocobo. And then this whole team of concept artists just created a bunch of awesome ideas. And it was the coolest thing. And I'm going to show you all those mm-hmm. things tonight. tonight. Yeah. But... Being in that environment is, first of all, very inspiring, and it makes it very great. But also, we keep giving each other more work than we really should because it's so fun to do that kind of collaboration. I mean, we just sat here and came up with a pretty decent bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. That we're like, oh, oh, what could we do Mm -hmm. with Weekend at Vader's? And Mm. part of me is sitting here thinking, okay, is there a way to turn this into like a goofy you know, parody version of Stormlight. Like, what could we... And then I'm like, no, 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 that's stupid. As awesome as it would be for, like, a bunch of Steel Inquisitors to try to fake the Lord Ruler being alive. (laughs) No, we don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Stop it. But yeah, anyway. I feel like this started off as us talking about the grim realities of writing, and now we're just talking about, hey, we've got this company. Yeah, grim realities of writing are really hard at the beginning. One thing we should point out is where we currently are, we have different challenges, but most of those early problems are gone. Yeah. And it is really nice. And we are very much outliers for that reason. Absolutely. And there's a lot of kind of, I don't want to say class privilege, but that's certainly a part of it. You know, the rich get richer principle. When I was a starting off struggling author, there was no way I could afford even to hire a freelance artist to help me come up with cool concept ideas. And now we've got a whole company and it's because success feeds success. Mm -hmm. And we now have access to tools that a lot of authors, a majority of authors don't. And yes, that's a little unfair. That's one of the problems that I think 
AI art, for example, can help even that playing field. Mm-hmm. If you know you are out there and you are looking for this kind of concept art, you know, help inspire me for my world building. That's a place where AI art can step in. Eventually, I hope you will pay a real artist once you, you know, are ready to publish a book. Once you have the wherewithal to do so, but that is a gap that can be filled. But even then, even when I was a struggling writer these last 15 years, I went full-time 14 years ago. I recognized that being able to support a family of, at the time, five people, currently eight people, on a writer's salary, owning a house and feeding all those children, that puts me in a very, very tiny percentage of professional authors. And so, yes, there's a lot of success, and I'm very grateful for that. How do we explain when Darth Vader takes his mask off and speaks to Luke at the end? Mm. What he says is, tell your sister you were right about me. Mm -hmm. So what if the guy who's like running the thing, he's like, oh, he totally, he's on to us. He knows. And, you know, the other guys in the back manipulating the zombie are like, oh, no, he doesn't know. Yeah, he totally knows. He knows that I'm already dead. And then he opens up and he sees this, you know, gray, injured, obviously zombie head. We don't have to change that at all. And it's like, oh, you were right. You were right about me. I'm actually dead. So it's same dialogue, totally Mm -hmm. works. It just means something different. It means something different. And then like, now they're going to burn the body. (laughs) Yes. And I hope the Ewoks didn't eat him. I've always assumed the Ewoks ate like all the bodies, but... uh, if he was, if he'd been dead for like thirty years, that probably was some sicky walks. Yeah, yeah, we we don't want sicky walks. Or on the other hand, dry aged steak. <laughs> How's that, Ben? Uh-huh.